Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to Astro Gaming, your lovely podcast where we collect, catalog, and discuss all of the good and bad qualities of those wonderful things called the games that we find in the game space. Um, yeah, you're you're joining us aboard the big unit per usual. Um, I'm Nick Blackley. Uh, the other people uh, are are on the podcast. Uh, Jacob Mitchell and and Jobin, of course, will be joining you soon. Um, this is, uh, I guess time traveling nick because i am in the future uh after this podcast was recorded uh basically this is slay the spire part two we had an absolute blast talking about slay the spire the first time and well not the first time but like the the time that we recorded we had a great time doing it and um the recording was uh long enough to be split into two episodes so this is going to be part two uh, if you haven't listened to part one, I would recommend that because part two is pretty much right where part one left off. We're going to dive right back in. Uh, we're going to get those those good tens on our dive. And yeah, let's, you know what? Let's just go into it. Uh, I'm done talking. I'm full of pizza. So you want to listen to a podcast and I want to get you there. So get your tens ready. Here we go. So talk about speaking about balance in this game, I don't love the balance of the game. Okay. Card wise. I think there are a lot of garbage cards okay. that actively hinder you. And I don't know the solution around balancing a card game like this where there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of combinations that may not be obvious on the surface. But to me, it feels like there are too many cards that are dead cards can you like cards name that you a see pop up in the rewards and you will never even touch that card like see, ever. i'm wondering if that's your subjective experience though can you name a couple of those cards i cannot but i think that other people would probably agree with me that they what? Have... you're really assuming a lot here what? i disagree you don't think with the you same thing? I mean, no I... that's exactly what i'm trying to tell you is that i disagree with what? you nick mitchell back me up here no i'm so trying to i actually do of... agree with you jacob um i i Is there are jumping? certain cards that i will literally never pick however uh this is something that i think that jacob you and i have actually talked about with games like this is that there is almost a requirement that certain cards suck or like certain items suck because otherwise everything is good and it's just i don't know it it doesn't it doesn't work well like i don't know i that's kind of an assumption that i've had like with binding of isaac not every item you get can be good um there has to be some like downsides uh i don't right. know if that's a actually good assumption i'm kind of now as i'm talking about it feeling like it may not be I we feel talked like about it before too where we were like cards the... though go ahead <laughs> go go i was gonna say that i feel like most of these cards that you may consider bad all the time i think have a niche cases where they'd be useful and i think that still means that they're balanced because there are still builds where they shine even if they're not universally good which is maybe the cards that you always take okay so I, I think I have an actual counterpoint that relates to Bonnie of Isaac. So in Bonnie of Isaac, we've said before there are a lot of bad items that don't mm-hmm. necessarily help you. But the difference is is that in Bonnie of Isaac, you can just take most of those items. They might have a small effect or no effect at all. Whereas in this game, the bad cards 
that are maybe let's say 95% of the time they're not helpful they're actively hurting you because they're diluting your deck, right? Well, the difference? Take them. I want to point them. out to you, though, that there are certain items in Binding of Isaac that you actually do not want to take because they will interrupt your synergies. That's true. So it could be the same thing. Like, you know, if you started... Well, I mean, this isn't really a good analogy, but I'm going to go with it anyway. It's not a one-to-one comparison, right? It's yeah. just not going to be... Because uh, the nature of the game is very different. But... I'm thinking, though, like, at the beginning of a run... There are very few cards that, like, in Act 1, I would be like, oh, I would never take this card. I think as the run maybe progresses, there are definitely cards, that, like, once I reach Act 3, it, depending on my build, I would never take the card. But I don't know. I think there's both. Maybe I'm a naive mm-hmm. player, but also, I think there's both. I I want to add on to what I said in that maybe not all cards are viable for a Ascension 20 run, but I think pretty much every single card has several cases where it's viable for a non a low ascension or no ascension run okay. yeah i mean so I, the I fact think that you that say like bad. it's like not balanced i kind of disagree just because i think it is balanced and there are builds where they shine and if you get that's why they often give you a choice of three because it's likely one of those cards will be at least somewhat useful to you even if you don't want to dilute the deck it's possible that one of those de- cards would still be useful to you yeah i want to clarify i don't think that the game as a whole is unbalanced because i do i actually do think that it is it is well balanced. I don't know what I said. Five no, I think ago. I think what you meant, and I Do you thought what the you said I'm trying to make is I don't yeah, think you said yeah, that yeah. it's poorly balanced. I think the game is supremely balanced. I think what you may have meant is that you don't like the way it's balanced. That might be it. Like Where the theory of it, right? Because of the randomness, there has to be some bad cards and some good cards, and then the good cards you might have like a one in. Let's say there's a one in three chance that you're going to get a good card at any given point in the game, right? But that still leaves a lot of bad cards that if they show up, you just, to me, they are still dead cards. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? I understand where you're coming from. I still disagree for low ascension runs, but I, I, I'm i sure for high ascension runs, there are cards that players will literally never take. Hey, it would never low be ascension useful. or also normal ascension with a bad player like myself. Sure. Who needs the same. good cards. I mean, same. Yeah. So, for example, like, if we want to actually pull an example, like, the card Skewer which is uh, one for the silent, which is an X card, deal seven damage X times. I don't very often take that card ever. What is it upgraded? It just upgrades from seven to 10 damage per X. So it's like, it does damage, right? It does a lot of damage, but uh, you know, this might just be because my play style is generally, I like to play a lot of cards. Um, and X cards generally mean that you're not playing a huge number of cards because you want to use a lot of mana with them. Yeah, I think this is a case where that card just would struggle to synergize with other silent cards. So Mm -hmm. maybe on the surface you say, okay, well, 7 damage X times, that's like fine. I can kill an enemy, maybe finish one off. But when you bring in the aspect of card draw and shiv build or poison build, it doesn't contribute anything to those builds. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's just hurting you because it's taking up a slot that could be other things right yeah and there's also always going to be situations where you have in front of you three relatively shitty options right and then you can always hit the skip button but sometimes like you're just in dire need of something so you just end up i've like i've taken a skewer before because i'm just like i'm i need something so bad from one of these three cards these all aren't really what i need this just happens to be the best one of the bunch um That's fair. I feel like that happens a a lot in the first act. Mm -hmm. Here's a use case for Skewer. Basically, it's a budget whirlwind, but you 
get cards that give you a lot of energy, or you get relics that have given you a lot of energy, but you don't have high cost cards. Because you're doing a silent deck that relies more on one and zero cost cards, but you have a ton of energy every turn. And so you have outmaneuver, which gives you three energy next turn, and suddenly you're sitting on eight energy on a turn, and you only have two energy, you can play that turn. You play skewer for 60 damage that turn. But it's really hard to beat that with any That's a any good point. Combo. But how do you guarantee that you're going to draw skewer the turn that you have eight mana, you know? You don't, but I'm saying if you have relics and cards that give you extra mana, and you have two skewers in your deck, you're, you've pretty much set up like an 80% chance that you're going to draw it on one of those decks. Or and there are you cards like... you can put back on the top of your deck. So there are, I'm just saying there are synergies that would make skewer really good. You could also, you could build a deck around, in that case, just cards that, like, you get a lot of energy and you have a couple X mana cards. So Skewer, Malaise, I forget what other ones the Silent has, but just stuff like that. So then it's like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's relatively likely that you have five mana and one X, play X card which would work well, I think. Right, and then every turn you're pumping out 50 damage on a guy, which will basically one-shot it. Um, most most people, yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe that's only beginning. a card you take in Act 3 when you realize that you have a low-cost deck with a lot of energy. But I think that, that your argument has partially won me over, especially when you consider the... the um, like we mentioned earlier, people who do streaking. A lot of those Gross. builds are probably... <laughs> yeah, Put some streakers. clothes on. Lock them up. <laughs> Indecent. A lot of their builds probably do not adhere to the tier lists um, that we've seen because they're kind of improvising on the fly with what they have with their only goal is just to win. Maybe not win on average with that card every... They, they don't want to win... I, I don't know how to describe... I don't know how to put this into words. Well, I so I, let me take a stab. It's an at audio this. medium. So let me you take a try to figure this. it out. Let me draw a picture and I'll. It, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I so there's a, another genre of RNG based games, uh, auto chess games. So Dota Underlords is the one that I play a lot. I played a lot of the other auto chess. But regardless, um, when you're doing builds like that, sometimes taking a worse card is better to like kind of complete and round out your deck and like sometimes there's just you want to take the best card that you or the best piece that you can possibly get um so it it's just like so situational um like i think the power of cards fluctuates desperately based on on where you are uh in the run in terms of your deck your health your you know what the the map looks like all of these things um, so I was going to say, just briefly, I know we don't necessarily love the tier list. I don't love the idea of a tier list, period. Um, but what, in general? The, like the, in yeah, life, I think or? the thing that I, I think about, like, okay, here's my, here's my thoughts about video games. You're a nerd tryhard if you care about tier lists. Um, so anyways, here's my thoughts on the <laughs> tier the list. That, looks at the tier list. Well, so th the thing about me... Is, I've realized oh, yeah, this yeah, about yeah. Here's games. Here's the sub-podcast, no, Mitchell Zone. When I... I've played a lot of born. games, especially competitive games that, like, it's not that tier lists don't matter, but I don't want to play a competitive game at a competitive level, if that makes sense. Like, I just want to play with my friends. That's why when we play Dota, I never play ranked, because I don't want to be 
great at it. I want to have a good time. Like no one ever was. God. <laughs> what is happening? I'm dying. Um, but, uh, should we call that, my own Okay, one? so Are that's my okay? spiel about tier lists. Like, when f- the freaking s- new Super Smash Brothers game came out, and we were all like, well, this person's, like, top tier. It's like, the game just came out. Like, can't we figure out how to play the game before we talk about the tier list? That was a really awful month. Everyone kept on saying, yeah, but, I mean, Wolf's not even, like b minus tier so why bother playing him it's like what are you talking about like we've <laughs> just got the game two days ago um but so the the interesting thing about the tier spire logs tier list is it is broken up by um the total value of the cards the additional value when they're upgraded and also says the value that they have in each act so it's funny to look at this and see where like some cards have like according to this is runs that are ascension 17 or up Mm -hmm. is the ones that they take so it's not at our level but some of them like have a zero at act one like piercing whale which decreases strength by six but in act two it has a 400 which is a huge amount that's saying that it is a significant uh as a significant amount of value yeah, just I, in I really that, like that one card. yeah and, and i think it is a really good card but it's funny because this basically says it's good it's not good in the first act it's really good in the second act and it's not good in the third act so if you got it in the third act you might as well not take it if you were following the tier list yeah but um but there are things on here like jobin you said you always use bullet time and you find well, it very useful not always but well, the, but you find yeah. it very useful yeah you, and that is considered a bad card according to the tier list. Well, if I was doing a shift deck, I would never take bullet time. That well, makes not sense, never, but I actually think it's a very good card. But it's just good to be like because it costs. So listeners, it uses three mana, which is all the mana you get, and it turns everything into a zero cost card. So it's like I can play every card in my hand. Seems like a good card to me, but according to the tier list, it's not. I mean, I've won with it several times, so it's worked yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Is it good the last act? Is it is it ranking higher? No, it's it's just it's literally not good. Like it is when I said before, uh, uh, piercing whale has like a four hundred. This it has like a fifty in one act, and that's not good. That's like that means it is not horrible, but not especially useful for winning. I may so tier- slay the Spire Purist. I've never looked at a tier sure. list, and I never will. So yeah. those of you who have tainted your tier list virginity... Um, <laughs> you'll uh, never get it back. You'll never so get it back. Weird. I actually haven't looked at a tier list either. Um, I want to play the game more before I look at a tier list, but I at some point do want to. I'm not um, going to look until I'm married. You've already looked, yeah. you dirty liar. You're oh, no. You're dirty, really dirty likes way. bouncing flask, malaise, after like image. Flask. I don't like bouncing I think... flask actually. I've always liked bouncing flask because it's like t- against a single unit. If you upgraded once, it's twelve damage. Twelve damage on that turn, and eleven and ten, and so on, which is Thanks very good. But actually, yeah, but very what good you said was it. very important part of it. Yeah, like it's more than just twelve damage on one turn. It's also oh, thank. You. I said, did I not say oh, thank oh, you for thank describing you. it? Thank I don't you. understand. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, cloak I'm and dagger done. is good. I hardly know her. <laughs> oh no! So 
what do you guys think was your your favorite whacker knack whacker knack <laughs> every oh, no. mechanic in the game sorry i'm sorry continue, continue. The um I can't wait until we do whack and knack for our whack or knack segments. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. What? What is? Maybe like, does anyone have like a favorite card or like a favorite? We all talked about like basic strategies like poison or shiv, but like I don't know, maybe like a combo that you could pull off mm-hmm. or anything like that. So um, first time I played barricade, entrench. I think that's the name of the card. Mm-hmm. Uh, shield bash i, I one shot the final boss with 1500 damage that was a cool way to jump into the game so shield bash uh, on a block build is pretty fun yeah i actually think that's interesting because i feel like barricade is not the thing i would go for first when i first played the game i wouldn't have realized how important block was and if i didn't know about shield bash i wouldn't realize that you could I kill someone shield bash it. on the, like, the third to last uh node so i didn't have it for most of that run i just would tank through everything because i just had barricades i just tank crazy (laughs) i don't want to hear this all right (laughs) the the first run i beat as the silent was a a discard based uh deck 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 that um because there's all those unplayable cards that if they are discarded they do something like mm-hmm. I went all in on discards um, and all of that kind of stuff, and that that still is one of my favorite uh, decks to play because it's a high turnover. Like you draw yeah. a lot, you discard a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, what's kind of interesting about that is the backpack. I think it's the backpack. Um, no, draw it's one, prepared. discard one. It's prepared. Yeah, prepared. Uh, prepared is a card I actually take in any silent deck. It's good. Because I think yeah, literally a negative, right? Yeah. Isn't it a zero cost? Zero draw cost. Draw one, discard one. Draw one, yeah, discard that's... one. Well, the downside is you have to discard one. Mm-hmm. But you could just discard the one you just drew. Exactly. So there's right. no immediate downside. Also, yeah. so other than like scale with uh, discards, especially with the silent, I've noticed. I think there's something silent like has your discard first decks. discard per turn, you get one mana. So if you're constantly, if you have a bunch of backpacks, you're just gonna get a bunch of free mana. Mm-hmm. And then there's eviscerate, which costs less per card you've discarded. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This card deck is pretty cool. Yeah, I never did that, but I could see how someone could do that. Yeah, so that was the first one. So that's probably one of my favorite combos. I don't think it's really dependent on any one card, necessarily. There's a lot. Okay. What about you, Mitchell? Um, I want to hear some uh, stories okay. from The Watcher. Because the I haven't... Watcher. Yeah, because that's the character I haven't played. Uh, Well, I was trying to see... I don't think... So I playing more than one computer and doesn't save all of your wins which is why i'm like how do i not have a win with the watcher on here even though hold on hold on watcher this game saves your wins uh yeah if you go to the what does it show you it's it's, a statistics it's got a full data dump no way full full dump it tells you the i had no idea well, this is how they populate the uh, stat thing. They you just dump your your wins and then upload it. Oh, people upload them. Okay, I see. Yeah, 
Oh. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I can talk. The Watcher was interesting. Well, here's one thing. Do, have you guys ever seen the Clockwork? It's called the Clockwork Souvenir. It kind of, when I looked at it, I thought it looked like iron, like brass knuckles or like iron, I guess it would be. But it's the thing that lets you get, start each combat with one artifact. What a good relic. That's such a good relic. Guess what? Sneko guy cancels him out. Oh, man. Hmm. Um, the, the like, tentacle monster that constricts you and does 10 damage every turn plus his attack cancels that out. That one's great. Um, this, what do you this... think of the windmill move? What is it? I can't, I can't remember the name. Do what I'm talking about? Where it's, like, a attack... It's it's retained and it gets stronger each turn by like I don't normally 15. do so I don't card? do a t a ton of the this is kind of getting off what I was trying to talk about I guess what I would say for my like kind of one of my favorite cards is there 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 are a couple of these cards that let you switch between so you switch between state or stances right. So there are a couple cards that you ret retain them and they let you just enter the thing and it exhausts them. And they're like super useful because what basically what you can do is is you can cycle through your deck until you get the right combination of like normal cards and attack cards that like you can. So you like go into Wrath with a normal card that isn't retained and then you can like attack a couple times and then you can go into Calm but because you have all of these retained cards that let you go into calm and wrath, you can like rapidly switch in between the states. So I'll use like, I'll switch states like six times in one turn because I'll just do, I have all these like one or zero cost state switchers and you just get a ton of mana and do a ton of damage and get a bunch of card draw. That's the most interesting thing I've done with the Watcher. Mm -hmm. um, so I had this build just talking about the watcher i don't have a lot of experience i've only played two games with her but i had this one build with so windmill strike it's it's a deal seven damage but it increases by four each turn while it's retained um but when you yeah. upgrade it it's more it's 10 plus five per turn and if you're in wrath that's obviously doubled and i had the trinket that the first card you play the that is two or more mana is played twice so I would w get my windmill oh. strike in my hand. I would wait like I don't know three turns, and then all of a sudden I enter. I enter. Um, what is it? What's wrath. this? Wrath. wrath. I almost said rage. I'd enter wrath. It would double that, and it would play it twice on top of that because it's a two. That's a two mana cost card, and so I would be mm -hmm. like doing like eighty some damage after two or three turns with it in my deck. Um, I've I don't know if I've ever had that relic. It's the Necronomicon. It's from a, an event. Oh, is that the one where you have to read through yeah, read all of that? It takes, you take a lot of damage. I often get it on the first yeah. floor when I'm doing well because I just tank all the damage. I don't I don't think about it because I know I'm gonna beat the boss. Right. I think it's a it's a very good uh a very good trinket. It gives you a permanent curse though that you can't remove, I believe. So I actually find those permanent curses to not be too detrimental. Like it doesn't dilute your deck that much. It's not too bad. So. I want to take my answer back, and I want to say Electrodynamics on the Defect might be one of my favorite cards. That's yeah, awesome. I love that that's, card. 
it, that one and especially if you upgrade it it channels three lightning so it, it, there's a good chance you're gonna like pop one or two lightnings while you now can hit all enemies with your lightning of course it's awful against bosses that card and uh, defrag are like run oh, i love defrag defrag is just like the best it's a little underwhelming when you read it but it's like the best card of the freaking game i swear my Upgraded first run frag. winning with the defect was finally realizing how good defrag was and just using that mm. having a couple of those in my deck defrag increases loop. your focus correct yes yeah yeah it's like what about loop defrag and focus are so important well or, defrag no, is sorry. focus defrag and dexterity are very for important for focus uh, and dexterity the silent is dexterity's like focus yeah. is really important uh for just amping your kind of card effectiveness i think you're mixing up words here focus is for the defect mm -hmm. only mm -hmm. dexterity is for everybody yeah oh I thought it was character specific. No, it's not. No. Oh yeah, <laughs> I I think that I'm thinking that because they have cards that like specifically increase the dexterity. Yes. Um, I don't know that. Ah, this is this is not good. I don't know for a fact that other uh, classes don't have those, but I know. Oh, so you're gonna cut this out of the podcast? Me, huh? Yeah, probably. Um, so the silent has like footwork, which increases dexterity. Yeah. They're definitely everyone can use the potions that are like yeah permanent. Well, for the combat, dexterity, strength, and then there's like the f five for one turn dexterity and strength potions. What do you guys think about um, the fact that there are common cards? You mean co the colorless cards? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like between all of the runs, you can get cards uh that are the same for all characters generally yeah. speaking i find them to be actually less impactful than my class specific cards like it's hard to the developers have done a great job at like making all of the synergies within a class like very apparent very obvious you can pick them up within yeah. like two runs so it's just tough to do that across all of their characters now and beyond right Mm -hmm. so i of often those cards don't fit your build well right exactly so it's like it feels like a dead card even if it might not be it mm -hmm. often doesn't feel like it's worth picking up for me and maybe i'm misplaying by doing that but yeah i i think i was talking to someone about this and i i think that the color the colorless cards felt to me like in general they cost less mana than what i would compare it to in the other in the class cards but mm -hmm. they also had let they were less effective so it'd be like a zero mana four block or something like that and like mm -hmm. so i could pay one mana to block eight or something like that in the class specific deck so i i feel like it kind of i think it fits a niche that way but i also honestly didn't get a lot of them and they're hard to get because you can only get you mostly get them from like the shop. events and the shop and you only see two of them in each shop and they're usually more expensive yeah so i i feel like they must be better than i give them credit for yeah based on rare like because this is where i was like kind of hoping to get to it just they seem more rare they don't seem yeah. as good but i feel like that must not be obviously there are cards that are like 
dummy good like ascension that upgrades all of your cards like of course that card's good even though it uses up a dumb amount of mana like yeah it's if you get it off it's like overpowered almost did did you guys always pick up the ritual dagger do you know that event yes it's the i love you that event actually what is it? that might be my favorite card it's the one that if you it does like 15 damage it's a one mana 15 damage and if you kill someone with that card it permanently increases the damage by three does it exhaust i think it does right it does exhaust yeah. so you can only use it once but like if you kill someone with it oh the you can get a panacea card which is zero mana get gain one artifact exhaust I pick up that one every time I see it. I think I, I take artificial honest. dagger in Act One almost always. I don't know if I'd always take it later on though. I gotta be mm. honest. I don't often Please take be artifact. I find that the I at least my observation is that generally speaking, the opponents do enough debuffing that artifacts kind of just get washed. I think it's useful in certain situations because some bosses yeah. have very I mean, strong rare debuffs. Right? right. So like Sneko was the example I think Mitchell gave. Um, yeah. The so final boss bird variant has uh, a debuff that lowers all of your stats like for like two or three turns. Right. So if you mm-hmm. could, if you could whip out an artifact right before that happens, that's gonna basically make the fight free. I would say. Yeah. It just seems so luck dependent on like I mean if it's in a potion sure that's one thing because it's always available but if it's a card like having the card exactly when you need it is so hit or miss sometimes like with that this is a this is a problem I have with the hex ghost turn two he does a bajillion damage and having the knowing that you're gonna have the cards ready for that the next turn is like sometimes crapshoot. Hex Ghost is an easy boss. It is now, but I still always take a giant amount of, of damage that second turn. Hmm. Okay. Uh, all right, Mitchell. <laughs> Condescension a little, but, you know, we'll move on from that. I honestly feel like Hex Ghost is super easy, but I know what you're talking about. I feel like it... Maybe well, so how, do you, how do you deal luck. with that turn two? Uh, I weaken him a lot of times. Hmm. I mean, like, Artifact, you're right, doesn't help there. And there have definitely been times when I didn't have enough block and I didn't have any weakened yeah. stuff. But, yeah, that second attack is can be bad. I'm, I'm giving you crap. Do This is actually uh, something that I've thought to do but never have done. Do you guys look at the map? So when you enter an act, you can see the whole You've map. never looked at the no, map? No, no, no. You can look at the <laughs> final boss, and you could, like, oh. theoretically grab cards that would counter them so like you know you could see like oh the hex ghost is coming let me pick up a a, an, a card that reduces all of their strength by nine you know so that i can mm-hmm. avoid that turn two which has happened to me once it felt very good but like i never do that i never look at the boss and i don't know if people who are better than me do that i mean i, I, I looked at it but I, it never changed what i did because i'm not well, yeah. min maxing enough to like think about it I think I'm trying to think of what bosses. So there were the only time I think it would change your strategy would be if you knew that they had like a big. So like the slime boss, for instance, he has a big damage dealer or the the one statue guy who has the hyper beam. 
like that might be a situation when you're like i need to pick up if if i can if there is a card that mm-hmm. gives me uh intangible intangible makes all attacks do one damage like for one turn that might be for one turn for each intangible that you have yeah uh that might be a situation when like this is a really good thing to pick up because it'll basically mitigate those giant attacks or like you said with a panacea like you don't always get it but if it's a boss that either does a lot of effects or one really bad one it might be super good to pick it up you know what you might not normally do it i think what i need to start doing is buying potions according to what the bosses are that Mm. seems like where it would yeah really like uh alchemize yes it's got some weird name to it i think it's alchemize which is make a potion one cost make a potion and almost always one cost for whatever that potion gives me is super efficient do you get to pick Um, the potion no is it random random. okay but it also means that i'm not hoarding up potions because every Mm -hmm. i'm not using a potion i'm wasting that card so i i feel like it's a really nice card i've actually loved it every time i mean potions are often Hmm. like a free card or better right a lot of them yeah a lot of them are like choose one of three attacks and play it for zero or yeah assign zero value. cost Very so, high value. Yeah. get it's, five strength this turn get two decks permanently get 12 block this turn yeah There's one lot mana of, for that is is incredible yeah upgrade mm-hmm. all cards in your hand you can get the ritual one which gives you that the same thing that crows get. oh that's so good wow that would be amazing get this man it, a grammy for that recording right there <laughs> it'd be it would be really good against like if you could get if you could pick up a ritual potion before any boss that would be good anything that takes like more than four turns it would be great to have something yeah. like that uh i don't really buy potions a lot i'm so focused on the cards i buy like relics first then i remove a card and then i will buy a card and then at that point i i never really look at the potion I guess I don't pay attention to potions as much as I I, I agree. I struggle with using them. I have the syndrome of every the Pokemon. Is that what it is? Yeah. Well, it's every it's RPG the, like, where you're like, I better save this. I better save this. Yeah. I better save this. And I die. And I'm like, well, at least I, I have my potions right because I'm Pokemon laying Center. dead on the ground. <laughs> yeah. I usually think about it in like, is if I used this potion, would it save me HP? And if it would, then I use it. Yeah, um, because that's, that's always I like I think like it's just so hard to gain health back that uh, spending that resource, any resource, is worth it at that point. I would agree, and I think the other thing I I look out for from the potions is if there's a a regen potion or a gain max health potion. I always mm-hmm. pick those mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. because healing is just like not easy in this game, oh, and yeah. max health is also kind of a limited like scenario where you can get those. So I've started looking at the potions within the past few days more, which I didn't. Well, I've definitely, do. I've definitely looked for the what is it? Fruit juice, I think, is the max health potion. Yeah, that one I will notice if it's in there, but I I don't think I pick up the other ones really. So we touched on the shops. I think it's worth talking about rest sites. It's kind of short to talk about, but by default, a rest site has two options: you can either rest or you can smith a card. Resting restores 30% All right, of so... HP. What? <laughs> Excuse me? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go wow. ahead. Keep going. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> um, anyway, Sorry. so smithing is good because it lets you upgrade one card in your deck, which usually just improves a card in one in one way. So 
typically it would be reduce the mana cost by one increase the damage of an attack card or make a power innate so that it starts in your hand on the first turn and so you want to balance if you have a lot of life you may want to focus on improving your deck strength if you're low on life you may be resting but setting yourself back by not improving your cards um so this is an interesting mechanic that involves some trade-off i was gonna i'm sorry i interrupted you i was gonna say <laughs> uh, i was gonna say whack whacker knack uh rest or smith smithing resting is whack smithing is knack yeah i mean I in agree, general yeah. except for before a boss in that case i very frequently will rest Yes, just simply because normally boss fights are hard enough that I need every HP I can get. The way I see it is if I'm resting like once twice a floor, I'm falling behind at a rate that I won't recover from, and I'm probably yeah. screwed for the run. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would say in general that's true, but I was recently, I think it might be the run I'm currently playing where I'm kind of like, I'm far away from the mic, uh... It, the cards that I have, I haven't fully upgraded my deck, but I look at them and I'm like, well, this really, like, I don't get much from upgrading these. Like, some of them, you know, like, it'll be, like, increases the block by three, um, or now you draw, like, it's it's things that are, like, relatively insignificant. Uh, so I think it depends, but I'd say most of the time, you're absolutely right. It's only sometimes would I fa- have a hand that I wouldn't want to upgrade, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and one thing I have been kind of noticing is that I upgrade the same cards like every single run. Like the same ones I'm like, oh, upgrading uh oh shoot, what's that starter uh uh rogue card or not rogue, uh silent card. Neutralize? Yes. Yeah, yeah neutralize, neutralize is a good upgrading upgrade. neutralize is good so upgrade. good because going from one to two weak is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think not everything in this game is objective, but I think that there are certain cards that are objectively better to upgrade than other cards. Yeah, sure. and I know that on your tier list they also upgrade or they base it by upgrade power right. too. Right. Um, but like so. it's just it's it's almost outside the scope of a build, right? Like you don't change what you're upgrading based on your build because some cards are just way better upgraded than they are non upgraded. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, what I... other cards would you guys always upgrade? Defragment. Defragment. Goes from one to two focus. Yeah. It's like, yeah, incredible. I try to upgrade any status card that increases the duration of the status. Um, just what because like, uh, like anything that like weakens them or makes them vulnerable or like reduces strength. Like if it increases the number of turns that it happens, that is so good to me. Yeah. Those are I footwork, always prefer that. Footwork, dexterity. Yeah, right? footwork is good. The I like cloak and dagger upgrade because oh, you get yeah. two shivs instead of one. The so poison cards upgrades are really good because it increases the like if you think about poison in like a cumulative damage sense, upgrading a, the the one card that just like puts five poison on someone, when you upgrade it, it goes to seven. That's an increase of seven plus six damage. Which is a ton. Way more than you can get damage-wise out of any other card. Yeah, the way that poison works is you do 7 damage the first turn, and the <laughs> turn after that you'll do 6. <laughs> so really, it, it's it's like it's more value than you, you would initially think for the cost <laughs> of that card uh, when you first play it. Mitchell, are you taking notes over there, buddy? 
I yeah, it's I'm busy writing. Can you see? Thank you. That was uh, that was our podcast in the podcast, uh, Jobin's corner. Thank you, everyone. Jobin explains <laughs> does the same thing. <laughs> he explains poison again. Um, I wanted. Okay, I really have been wanting to ask you guys this, and I've wanted to ask you this outside of the podcast, and you keep telling me to save it for podcast. So here it is. Do you feel like? some if you encounter certain bosses with certain builds you're just screwed like they counter you perfectly and there's no way you can beat it yes boss with thorns and you're all dagger build exactly my point lose, unless you can out exactly. them what yeah no but even even then if they have thorns you just block first and then do your like, let me daggers. okay let me rephrase let's say you have a dagger build with low block and it's probably your fault but you get to that boss that's a and bad you lose. build it's a bad okay, build so let, me, let me rephrase again see if you this get to is a boss where... and you have a bad build you can lose <laughs> <laughs> no but okay here's what i was talking about earlier about how certain builds are really good at dealing with the crowds and then some builds they just like fall flat at the bosses like pure offense dagger shiv build is one of those builds that can fly through the game and then they can just get shut down by a boss entirely the, the, i i disagree with jacob about, about the thorns but i will say the i don't know the name what's his name like time lord or something time the, eater the, yeah whatever Time lord that guy because he so listeners if you every time you play so as you play a card it increases his, his counter and it that counter persists between turns, and once you hit twelve yes. cards played, he ends your turn, no matter how much mana you have left. And I think he gets a strength, so he gets more powerful. So it's like that can be really tough, especially so in that case, your shim build is bad if you aren't doing a lot of damage with your shim. Counterpoint, I had a my most recent win was against Time Lord. And I was shift build. And it's I had possible. a really good shift build. I had a really good shift build, I won't lie. But that was literally my most recent win. And I just had to not like go over six or eight on any given turn so I could make mm-hmm, sure right. I could at least block for the next turn. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's a knowledge burden and frust Okay, so is it bad design? Is that your question? Well, he's saying it would it be like even if you're like can you paint yourself into a corner that you can't win with a good build otherwise? Like, it's a good build except against this one boss. I think, so I think the good build is vague enough that you have to say, would it be good enough against the boss that's coming up, which you have access to see? I will say, I will phrase it as such. There are, you can have a mediocre shiv build, and you can win against Donu and Dekka uh, or the Awakened One, um the threshold is is lower right so like your mediocre build can beat those two but it won't beat the time eater versus if you have a shiv build that can beat the time eater they will crush the awakened one or the donu and deca which are the other two act bosses there similarly um i think the knowledge thing though is with like the guardian um the guardian is the one that shifts modes in act one um that's the one where when it's in attack mode it doesn't have thorns and then it goes into defense mode it has thorns I did not know that it switched modes periodically, like every two <laughs> turns, right? So, like, I thought that, like, I was just screwed because I went it's not shivs. Every two turns, it's a little. It tells you how much damage that's to do. Yeah. So the counterpoint is you well, can so do like, a lot of damage I... when he's in attack mode, and then you can just 
skip turns until he's out of it if you have daggers. Yeah. Well, so like I didn't know that when I first started playing, and I shivved myself to death <laughs> because I was like, oh, I'm just gonna lose because this is bullshit. I mean, fair enough. This game does have a knowledge burden, right? Mm-hmm. And I think part of being good at this game would entail these are the three final bosses. If I get to Time Lord, would I be able to beat him? Yeah. Maybe changes a card you take early on. Maybe it only changes the cards you take on the last act when you find out what it is. Yeah. I barely look at the final boss of an act ever. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not saying truly I'm A truly good build will accommodate all sizes and shapes of bosses. Well, and I, I wanted to say something about... So, time, time dump. He, uh, like, it seems like, oh, wait, this guy's, like, countered by... Or he counters the Shiv build. But the thing, the reason you would lose to him is if you don't have powerful attacks with your Shivs, which means they d- you're not increasing your damage through any other means. And the other bosses would still kill you for the same reason, because they wouldn't kill you because they force you to end your turn. Mm-hmm. They'd kill you because every turn, they bo- the other two you- bosses you mentioned, Nick, they have strength increasing abilities Mm -hmm. so they would just get more powerful they get more powerful every turn so if you have your shivs doing four damage and you throw three of them out you're not going to kill those bosses before they get too much strength and you'll die yep so like it it, even though the time lord doesn't do that unless you play a lot of cards so it's basically the same thing it just looks different because it's like oh no i screwed up i i played too many cards and i i didn't get to play the cards i needed to play but the other guys do the same thing it's just they do it at a regular rate Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, what we're trying to say here nick is that you're incredibly wrong and that (laughs) i can't possibly understand have we thoroughly dissect his (laughs) argument at this point hey you know what i'm just here to raise the question um because that's so a good the, producer the the whole the whole thing about this though is like you know i think about the shiv build and i'm like okay it feels like certain bosses counter it but then i think about a build that's like really heavy into defense and i'm like oh none of these uh none of these bosses counter them at all i would disagree though because i think that there are bosses that if you don't kill them quickly enough that you would still struggle Right, so if you have a very heavy block, let's say you don't take any damage in the beginning, because you have a ton of block every turn, there would still be bosses that you would struggle with, right? If you have barricade on ironclad, I, okay, I honestly well, don't, don't know don't how you lose. <laughs> okay, I mean, I think there are specific builds where you super like that is different because you're s- deliberately focused on block to the point where you don't have anything else. But if you are in a situation where you have to generate that block every turn, like. It's going to be tough to generate 50 block every turn once you get, like, a boss that has 15 strength or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to be basically impossible, and you'll right, lose. Right. So you do have to kill them fast enough. And, I mean, I think that's what they do. Every boss, pretty much every boss has the ability to buff itself or permanently weaken you. Probably a combination of the two. So you're on the clock for some Maybe bosses. No- Maybe not the first act bosses, but certainly the second and third act bosses, right? I don't think the first block... Hmm. Let's see, there's the robot, so the slime... I'll go through all of the bosses. So, act one... Wackernack. Wackernack. <laughs> okay, Wackernack, um, 
breach boss real quickly. We got the slime boss act one. Whack. Not whack at all. It's I don't so think they're easy. hard. I just think it's annoying. I know. Yeah, I say, say whack. I say whack. Slime. I'm never disappointed when I see it, so I have to go with knack. I just don't have a good time fighting them. I think it's boring. Yeah. Um, well, the, the thing is, I got there's a, oh, actually, if you have something to say, go for it. I, just real quick thing on the slime guys. So it'll split when it gets below half health, but if you keep it right above half, like at 72 out of 140, and next turn you get it to like 20 health, suddenly super, super easy, easy. boss. Mm -hmm. Converse also, or, if you power through it uh, so that it goes way below half, then the splits have uh, even less health. That's that's what I was saying. Oh, I thought you were I thought you were saying that you can interrupt its action by keeping it right above half health. No. That's, that's what also you true, he said. But okay. But he literally said what you said. Okay, Don't cut bad. this out. <laughs> um, Keep this con in there. Conversely, same exact thing. Yeah. Sorry. Uh so the Guardian. I like him. He's fine. I think the mechanic is that the robot. That's the, the the mode switching. It's a robot. One. Yeah. The mechanic where you can interrupt his action by making him switch forms is, I think, interesting, and I I enjoy that fight. I think it's fine. Yeah, nah. You see him, and it's like, okay, nah. he's gonna do fifty damage, but if I do five more damage to him, he'll cancel that and just go into defensive mode instead, mm -hmm. which is, I think, it's a good mechanic. What do you think, Nick? Whack? Because you're still mad at him? No, I yeah, whack. Because I feel like there's a there's like a deck requirement to beat that guy. Like you have to have certain elements in your deck, uh, otherwise you lose. Eh, it's the it's the first sack boss. If you have some damage, I think you're generally fine. Well, if you have, yeah, you're, no, you, you're wrong, but that's fine. <laughs> you have to have you have to have defense, otherwise you can't get through the thorns phase. You know, like you can kind of just offense your way through some of it. Oh, Nick, I don't know. You need to you have need defense, defense regardless. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, next boss. Uh, Hexaghost. Oh. Knack. Knack. Super easy. <laughs> knack, but I don't think he's super easy. Yeah. Hexaghost, I would say Knack now that I've learned how to deal with it. I, I find it the boss I struggle with most on Act 1 because I just find the other ones a lot easier for some reason. I have lost on Hexaghost. I don't really lose on the other bosses now. Hexaghost doesn't do anything really other than it has Soul Siphon, and then it just does a lot of damage, and that's it. Like, well, if you're it, slow yeah. and you rack up some burns, you could you could take a lot that's of damage. True. Yeah. That's true. That's um, true. All right, Act 2, Bronze Automaton. Uh, this is the guy who summons the two me? little guys? This is the, 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 the suit of armor. So they steal. It has the hyper beam. They steal your cards. Yeah, he's got the hyper beam. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the orbs okay. steal the cards. Um, I think he's. I'd say knack just because I don't think he's super hard to beat. But I, man, this is gonna take. This is gonna be a long whacker. Not that many bosses. Uh, but I, I think that he just is very. He has a lot of varied stuff that happens. So it's like an interesting boss battle because you have to deal with the minions and they steal your cards and he has the hyper beam. So I thought he's interesting. I hate it when my cards get stolen, but otherwise I feel like the the fight's pretty fair. Agreed. I think it's the interesting knack. because it makes you make a decision to either focus those guys and get your card back or focus the boss and just end it. You know, I would say yeah, that that's the always something orbs I are with. whack and the rest of it is knack. Yeah. Um, so the next one is the champ. Uh, the champ is the actual knight. Um, he goes, ha ha. 
I don't like him. Whack. I don't like his attitude. <laughs> That's a good point. He's got a real shitty attitude. I have no opinion on And the on part him. where he has really high strength is just kind of annoying. Wait, Jacob, uh, you have no opinion? I, for nope. some reason, I feel like I don't ever fight that guy. I always fight the... What was the one we just had? Bronze Automaton? Uh, I feel like I yeah, always get that automaton. guy in Act 2. Mm. I kind of think the, the champ is a little bit whack, but not... Not enough to declare him whack outright, so I go with Knack. Um, the whack. last one for Act 2 is the Collector, which is like that druid sort of guy. He's got like a stick, and he summons two guys a lot. Does he resummon well, them? I, I, mm-hmm, he does. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't like the bosses that have summons. Yes, I, I struggle with those a lot. Kind of whack across the board. Hmm. Unless you have good I, AoE. I, I was going to say, I generally take some AoE. So for me, it's a knack. Because interesting is that th those bosses alone are typically weaker than the other ones, so they don't do as much damage. If you can deal with the minions, you're usually fine, right? Right. Right. Roy. Left. Um, I don't like the collector at all. I struggle against the collector a lot because I never take AOE. Um, so corpse explosion, baby. Yeah, corpse explosion is good for mobs i don't find it to be particularly good against the collector because it only like he resummons the guys so i have to keep putting it on them um and corpse uh, explosion is not a cheap card uh is it exhaust mm -mm. no but it is two mana so it's pretty much your whole turn mm. Uh, yeah, I think he's whack. He was, like, one of the bosses when I was first playing that every time I had to... It was like, if I could beat him, I was like, yes! Like, yeah! Standing up and popping off fist. in his room alone. <laughs> like, Julia, I did it! I beat the Act 2 boss! Yeah. Because, uh, I don't know, he was just... He did a lot of damage, and I didn't really know how to deal with him. And I still think he's kind of annoying. I don't like his attitude, either. <laughs> seen a trend here <laughs> um all right so act three we've got the awakened one uh which is the bird boss you just i, I always just kill the crows quickly because they have ritual so they get stronger yeah. and once the crows are dead it's like usually fine it's not too bad his second phase is a little rough but i think he's knack overall the thing about a second phase is all my powers and stuff is, is already out yeah. i'm already buffed up right. so even yeah. though it might be a little hard i'm like four turns ahead of a normal fight right wow i never fight this guy i actually can't even recall the last time i've faced this guy i can't even state whack or knack because i have like so little experience with him what's the third option in whack or knack but uh, no opinion which is noke no i guess it's not noke <laughs> i don't know stupid that's yeah, way too okay. close to knack <laughs> whack mm -hmm. knack or sack sack uh okay time eater <laughs> Which we've talked a lot about, so maybe just real quick a whacker knack on the time eater. Knack. Knack. He's super cool. Whack. Cool. His mechanic is so different from the rest of the Wait, game. I've never and fought it's this so guy before. Predictable. You've never fought him? We've been talking I've about never, it. I was confused. I was like, I don't know who they're talking about. I, oh my god. So he's the guy who, yeah, if Jacob, you, it's if obvious he you've does never like, been to the end game, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like mechanics that show up one time. Like, that just feels annoying to me. 
Um, and the fact that he's like the only one where you actually have to count cards is just annoying to me. So I have. To I mean, there's black. a counter. I don't have to like count it myself. Well, you you know what I mean, though. Uh, where sure, I have sure. to like pay attention to what I'm playing. So yeah, um, <laughs> the last one then is Donu and Deca. Love them. They're so easy. I I don't find them as easy. I find the other two bosses easier for some reason. They're. I these guys agree with Jobin. And I, I think so they're they're stressful because you have to like well, I always when you have two enemies that are exactly the same, you always just focus down one before you do the other. But they both are doing so much damage because they both increase yeah. strength like every turn. Yep, and yeah. it's like, it um the other guy's doing like four like thirty damage a turn by the time I finally killed I, the other one. And it, yeah, they're tough. I think I believe tough. they alternate yeah. attacking and shielding, right? They do. So, don't they me, also uh, dilute your deck? Yes. They add they're, dazed? They're like the sentries in Act 1. Yeah, which I hate. Yeah. Also, I think they're Those aren't as bad easy. as slime because they go away at, after they're out of your hand. Slime will stay in your deck, right? Slime you have to actually yeah. exhaust yourself. Sorry. Um, yeah, exhaust. Yeah. I, I think... So... Knack. Sorry. Go ahead. That's it. Those are all of the bosses. All nine. Uh, I mean... I don't think they're it's tough for me because they're I think they're hard, but they're not whack mechanics wise, right? So knack, but also whack. I gotta go with knack. I like the design. I like Donu a lot. So I want to bring up one thing that is tangentially related to this, which is maybe my biggest complaint about this game is the the progression system. I think it's basically worthless and almost non-existent and like probably could have just not been in the game at all and what i'm talking about is the up when you when you complete a run whether you die or you finish it you get experience for that character and then as you get more experience you unlock more cards to use Mm -hmm. that character but the number of cards you get is small the cards that you get aren't necessarily even good and it's only like three levels so to me it's like why even have this progression system at all like the yeah. cards should just be unlocked why even level up it's like this arbitrary thing to make you feel like you're making progress but you max the character pretty quickly and then you don't ever think about it again it just seems very strange I, it to might me. just i'm sure they've just put it in to like try to grab people's attention like it's the sort of thing that if you don't really know if you like the game or not a lot like especially at the beginning when you're losing a lot it probably feels good i think it felt good for me to be like Oh, I almost beat the Act 2 boss, but I unlocked something. Like, that was yeah. a nice feeling. Jacob, yeah. do you think there's some other way they could have made losing be productive? It is a roguelike end of the day. That's a good question. I I think Mitchell's point is good because it makes sense when you're first starting. Of course it is. Oh, my God. I take it back. <laughs> so, I think, though, what could have been cool is, like... They do unlocks based on like achievement almost, where it's kind of like, uh, oh, you beat the game and you have uh, two. Oh, you found me. <laughs> um, you have like two shiv cards or shiv pr- creating cards in your deck. You just unlocked a card that increases the damage of shivs. That would be a that really interesting progression. I would really like you that. Know? Because then it's then as a beginner, you're like, oh, I have something to work towards of like, I want to get these cards. What's frustrating about that is the, you know, you would maybe if you want to specifically try to beat those, your RNG isn't like getting them. But that's a very, I think, Binding of Isaac sort of mentality of like doing things particular in 
like specifically to unlock things um that's how i would have preferred to see that unlock system work yeah it feels like that progression isn't too uh much part of the metagame it's just like you'll unlock everything and then you can continue playing go on mm-hmm. yeah um all right do we have any closing thoughts good game i like roguelikes i like deck builders this is a roguelike deck builder i enjoyed playing it and will continue playing it yeah that's actually a good point joven i think i will i have been playing this game and i think i will keep playing this game for a long time just it's easy to pop in and do waste an hour playing a run and then pop it in your super nintendo and grab the controller and turn on your turbo graphics and away we go pull it download it from your netflix queue i will say this game is so satisfying to play even when you lose uh it has satisfying moments in every single run which is such a like you cannot say that about every roguelike sometimes roguelikes are just they feel terrible when you lose and i hate those ones and this one it just has satisfying moments in, through and through so i really think it's a great great game i will be the odd one out here i love the game i really enjoyed it but i would disagree personally i don't think it has as much replayability um for myself i found myself with the runs i've been having more recently it's like i'm almost on autopilot where i just like go through the motions and then if things don't go well i'm like well that's just how it is like that's just the bad luck which is like a bad mentality to play the game obviously because i'm not improving it means you're not interested in progressing in that way of the game so the game like doesn't appeal to you which yeah i think i think it could be partially the lack of a progression system outside the ascensions the ascensions don't really appeal to me because to me the game is already hard and so making it harder i'm not ready for that yet and um i don't know what it would take for me to like want to keep playing the game to get to improve my personal skill right because nothing's changing in the game the game's static sure so you'll just always be bad i guess the game does get patched can't you get more unlock more relics as well am i crazy that's part of the unlocks. Okay. okay. Oh, you unlock yeah. relics too? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, so maybe... I am trying to think if there's a character... I really didn't play that much Ironclad, so it's possible that I'm missing some relics because I don't know if I've unlocked everything with him. But yeah, I would say if you like any game like Hearthstone or Magic or even a lot of board games, it, this is a Dominion. great game. Dominion. Dominion, we've hammered that nail into the board is that an analogy yeah you hammer, hammer that nail. really good you just invented a colloquialism that's that one. i've never seen a hammer or a nail in the future so we use space hammers. <laughs> space hammers and space, space nails and space nails uh-huh. yeah well cool uh we've dumped a lot of thoughts out and if you have commentary on any of the thoughts you yes you listener you with two one or more or none ears that's you uh send us an email at the astro gaming cast dot no there's no dot i don't know why i said dot it's just the astro gaming cast at gmail.com the astro gaming cast at gmail.com i don't know why i said it with the dot whatever and if you're ever curious about how poison works as a mechanic in slay the spire <laughs> you can attend <laughs> please, <seminar. laughs> 
<laughs> sign up for my six-week course and we can discuss how poison works in the game slay the spire yeah i wanted to stress uh that we had a a personal friend that listens to the podcast that told us that we uh kind of don't get to through the beginning part of the podcast fast enough and um we are trying to kind of implement that a little bit better and so if you give us feedback we will definitely take that into account so be or not. the first person to write in the well we'll take it into account we might not listen yeah like you look, might be horrible look if you're look, listening we love to the podcast you, but, right now and but like we're in the vulnerable supple state where any email we get is almost certainly going to influence us right like get in on that before like you're you know when you're a viewer a thousand we don't care about your goddamn email well we do care about your goddamn email but we're not going to do anything about it right if you come in now oh you get the boardwalk this is like kickstarter it is angel investing Give me something else. Angel Arena. <laughs> sure, Angel. <laughs> That's a reference so many people will get. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on the big unit. Uh, I have been Nick Blackley. I've been Jacob Smith. I'm Mitchell Smith. And I've been Joe Benazzotti. Can't wait to see you guys in two more weeks. So the thing is, when you play a card that does poison five, <laughs> what it <laughs> means is that you'll take five damage this turn, oh but next God. turn, four. He's still going. Turn after that, three. After that, two.